0: Hello and welcome to episode 614 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, joined by Evan Silva and Mike Leone. Once again, we are roughly actually less than two weeks away from the NFL regular season. It is nearly
1: final exam time. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. Um, Keeping the rankings updated and already started outlining uh, uh, week one matchups the Shyway 30 will be out no later than thursday night
0: mm, very very exciting man silver silver week one matchups already starting to get worked on makes me excited for dfs season aka the best season leone how's
2: it going good i'm i'm excited now too again i mean we got peak peak draft season for managed leagues dfs around the corner good time to be alive
0: On today's show, we are doing part three of our four-part positional series. On each of these shows, we will be covering strategy for the position, who we're targeting, sleepers, bus, etc. Two things before we get into it here. I am begging you. I am begging you to not show up to your draft with some free rankings list. We have a team of roughly 10 people constantly working on our top 300 rankings. We're debating, discussing everything. I mean, this morning we were debating, discussing if Alan Lazard should get a 1.5% or a 2% target share bump on this Corey Davis retirement news. That is the kind of precision you need to win at your draft. And if you sign up for DraftKit Pro or bundle right now, you will get $10 to use on any DraftKings best ball contest, no strings, no questions asked, don't have to deposit, nothing like that. Second, I wanted to give a shout out to our friend JJ Zacharyson's pod. The late round fantasy football pod, I honestly don't recommend or listen to many other fantasy football podcasts, but if you like ours, I suspect you'll like his as well. JJ's really good at reviewing historical data and conveying how it applies to this season, especially for season long formats. So if you're looking to add another pod to your rotation, search late round podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. All right. Wide receiver. Traditionalists are not going to be happy here, Leone. Because we are going to see Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Steph Diggs almost certainly all go in round one. And then round two is going to be pretty wide receiver heavy as well. We're talking about A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra, Jalen Waddell, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, all I think have cases to go in the first two rounds. We're talking about half PPR home leagues here. We're going to have a lot of people doing wide receiver stuff. Maybe they're not as used to from a high level strategy perspective, Leone, how do you think about how the wide receiver position is being played this year?
2: Yeah, first, you know, we really got to know your league settings. We're talking about this from a half PPR perspective also, you know, huge difference if you're starting two wide receivers and one flex versus three wide receivers and one flex. I mean, it might sound small, but that's a huge change on the positional scarcity and how early you're going to have to take these guys and how much depth you want at the wide receiver position. So. Uh, I would keep that in mind in general, like we talked about on the running back podcast. I think Silva and I at the beginning of drafts are pretty flexible, whether we're going wide receiver or running back. If it's the very early, the first round, you know, I think Jefferson Chase are the clear one and two. You definitely want to go with those guys. At that point, you could go to running back with CMC, Eckler, Bijan, whoever it is that you prefer, but definitely have Chase and Jefferson one and two. And then where you really, I think, want to make your bank at wide receiver is getting... These higher ceiling guys in rounds five and six, you know, we like Christian Watson and Christian Kirk, Drake London, those types. And then even after that, in round seven through nine, you've got some room on your bench to stash some of the rookies that hopefully break out over the course of the season, whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, all those guys are pretty gettable this year in that range of the draft.
0: Yeah, I think the top of wide receiver is pretty strong. I know people want to poke holes in Cooper Cup and the injuries. I know people want to poke holes in step digs and some of the off field stuff. Devonte Adams is getting older. Amon Ra is just a slot receiver. But man, I, I think people are just looking for reasons not to be high on these guys. I think most of the wide receivers, if not all that go in the first two rounds, including CD and Amon Ra and Waddle and Garrett Wilson are all pretty strong. Evan, how do you think about wide receiver heavy starts and the overall thoughts on the position this year?
1: Just willing to be flexible based on what, you know, how how the draft comes to me. Just, I like to let the draft come to me, especially in the top 25 or so, make my first two picks, almost sticking strictly to my rankings, and then start to make decisions after that. What really stands out to me about the wide receiver position this year is I think that there are just some screaming values in, say, rounds five through Seven, um, I think Brandon Ayuk showed a, tre- a tremendous level of chemistry with Brock Purdy last year, and I-, I love the way that Brock Purdy suits the Kyle Shanahan offense because he's going to be a distributor, a point guard. Brandon Ayuk, I think the arrow is clearly pointing up on him. He went for over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns last year. He's 25 years old. I think he's coming into his own. Mike Williams, I have ranked as like a top 18 wide receiver. His ADP on Fantasy Pros right now is wide receiver twenty-eight. Tyler Lockett, I don't what. I, I'm I'm guessing he'll come up a little bit after the Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. injury. I just it's insane to me that his his ADP among wide receivers is wide receiver thirty-one. To me, he's a clear top twenty fantasy receiver. Okay, and this is if you guys listen to the running back pod. This is
0: exactly why I said that I prefer. Don't have to, but I prefer to get a running back in the first two rounds because I want to save my wide receiver picks a bunch of them for these outrageous, outrageous values. We are talking about per home league ADP. Jerry Judy, 58. Drake London, 62. Christian Watson, 64. Tyler Lockett, 66. Brandon Ayuk, 67. Mike Williams, 70. Christian Kirk, 75. Deontay Johnson, 81. George Pickens, 84. Jackson's been the Jigman but 90. I-, I could keep going. John Dotson, 95. Gabe Davis, under- I could keep going with absolutely outrageous wide receiver values. And to me, that's why running backs are going to dry up quickly that I prefer when it's close to go running back in round one or round two so that I can hammer these guys. I'm really comfortable with having those guys as my wide receiver two, three, four. Now, ideally, I have a more loaded room than that, but there's some really good values late, Leone. if you follow what I'm saying here. So from an overall strategy perspective, even if you miss on some of these wide receivers early, who I love you're going to be fine. I think we can get, we can beat our opponents better than any other position this year, in my opinion, by being smart about finding value later. Any takes on what I just said there, Leonie?
2: Yeah, I think to add maybe some more details to that is it's not that difficult to get a tier one wide receiver in rounds one and two, maybe get one tier two wide receiver in rounds three and four, and then maybe wait a little bit and avoid like, that Amari Cooper range, maybe, and, and wait, and then just stockpile when you hit rounds five through. So that's mm-hmm. going to let you get two high ceiling running backs, maybe deviate at either quarterback or tight end one of those positions. And you're still going to have, you know, the two wide receivers you took early, and then three, four guys even going down to your bench in that range. Um, and it's a situation too, where we're just collectively higher on wide receivers than I think most home league ADP is going to be. So to your point, Adam, like get the RBs when they're like break even values and we feel comfortable at their ceiling. And then just like anyone, and we have just some huge discrepancies in ADP. A Silva hit on Mike Williams, you can get around five and six. I like Christian Kirk, who you can get around six or seven. Um there's just so, you know, Drake, Drake, London, you can get around five, you know, the list just goes on and on and you have backups where at running back, you know, if you whiff and you end up going like, Oh, here's James Connor volume dependent back, like those are the types we're trying to avoid. So we just have more wide receivers. So I think it's a good way to balance, you know, get your elites early, wait a little while, and then stockpile your upside depth in the middle rounds. Yeah.
0: Uh, From a tier perspective, I do want to point out, I think there's a pretty big tier after Alave and Devontae Smith and T. Higgins, right? So, like, after those guys go, Alave, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, and then you get into that, like, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, uh, DeAndre Hopkins types, I think there's a pretty big tier break there. I'd rather be at the back of that tier than the front. There are some guys I know that you like, though, Evan. DK Metcalf is in that next tier I was talking about. Amari Cooper, who I don't like, is in that next Is in that tier tier I, I mean i'm fine with amari cooper especially if he goes in round four or five but not round three any other thoughts on the middle
1: here evan as we move through wide receiver um i recently moved chris olave way up um based on you know just talking to the saints top beat writer nick underhill i mean he's just beating the absolute drum on chris olave being a, the star of saints training camp and there have been mixed mixed reports across the board about Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara is going to be out for the mer- first month of the season and may be in decline. I mean, the seas are kind of parting for Chris Olave to have a monster season. I think DK Metcalf will as well. Um, you know, this is a guy who he's a, a, a perennial double digit touchdown scorer. He only had six last year, and I think that the Seahawks are going to have more faith in their ability to stretch the field and maximize DK Metcalf's somewhat one-dimensional skill set by throwing the ball vertically more uh, in the second season of Geno Smith as as their, as their starting quarterback and with the two rookie tackles prog- progressing into their sophomore season. So th- those are two guys that kind of stand out in that 12 to like 18 wide receiver range. Okay. Um, I want to talk about rookies for a second
0: here, Leonie, because I think a big disparity between a lot of stuff we've been talking about and what will happen in home leagues. People in home leagues don't like to draft rookie wide receivers. I think they're good with it at the running back position. At wide receiver, nobody wants to take Jordan Addison. Nobody wants to take Quentin Johnston. Nobody wants to take Zay Flowers. And I think one thing you'll see that's consistent is overrating early season production. Um, I think Quentin Johnston, JSN, Jordan Addison, by the end of the year are going to be pretty strong how do you think about handling rookie wide receivers here in home league settings leone
2: yeah i mean to some extent i think it's it's the skeleton key to building just an absolutely dominant roster you know historically we've seen players that outperform their adp by a huge amount they're younger players with uncertainty it doesn't mean the hit rate on Jordan Addison's going to be better than let's say the hit rate on Mike Evans, but like when he does hit, it's going to be in a more meaningful way um, relative to cost, especially. So I think where they're going now, there's just such an opportunity where you don't have to draft them as your starters one. So that risk like doesn't really matter. You know, you're waiting for them to break out after injuries occur to, you know, other guys, there's bye weeks, or it just becomes clear they're must start. So it buys you time. And that lets you go to other positions in the first eight rounds or so, and then still take two to four of these guys for your bench, depending on how big your bench is. I'm in on all of them. And and the other thing, too, is guys like Addison and Zay Flower should be pretty impactful right away. You know, mm-hmm. like it's th- those guys are going to play and they're going to be on offenses that are going to be able to support them, in my opinion. So, there are other rookie receivers late, like Rashi Rice and whatnot, but those guys are a lot more risky in terms of just giving you zeros and not breaking out. So I'm not as interested in those guys. If you are, let's say, a little shaky on taking too many rookie receivers, I know a guy you really like, Adams Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. but you still get that year two younger breakout profile, a guy who can crush his ADP with a little bit more safety because you've seen some production from year one.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to move to sleepers here, but I mean... I guess by ADP, some of these guys would be considered sleepers considering where they're going. John Dotson, Gabe Davis, uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, Brandon Cooks, Zay Flowers, Cortland Sutton all have ADPs of a hundred plus. I mean, we're packing in some really good four ceiling combos to all those guys, in my opinion, and they go in the hundred plus range. Even any later round wide receivers that you want to mention to the people. It certainly doesn't have to be that thin. I think like the hardcore community is used to like Mm -hmm. Jaden Reed and Nico Collins and, uh, uh, you know, thin stuff like Jacoby Myers. I don't think you have to do that in a home. I think we can just outvalue our opponents, but Evan, any sleeperish type wide receivers you want to mention?
1: Well, I'm going to kind of ignore your recommendation there and I'm just going (laughs) to skip right to the super late round guys. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry. Well, uh, there's
0: plenty of deep league people listening. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I wouldn't even say these guys are – I think these guys should be drafted. I mean, I think they're top 150 players. Jonathan Mingo is already locked into the first team with the Panthers. I think the Panthers want him to grow with Bryce Young. And the same goes for Tank Dell. Tank Dell is 165 pounds, which is always going to give me pause. But, man, he has really shined during really every stage of training camp. During the preseason, I think the Texans already believe that he's their their number one receiver, and C.J. Stroud loves him. So I think that they think that those are two players that can grow together. Um, you know, f- further up the board, I think that Sky Moore is a little bit interesting in Kansas City because it looks like he's locked into two receiver sets in that slot role. Um, Elijah Moore is a player that I haven't been super high on, but, you know, uh, compared to the field, because there have been times where he, like, will go in the – top 70 or you know maybe even top 60 and like I'm definitely not want to take him there but I I I know he's an explosive player and I mean I think that there have been indications that they want to give him a big role right off the bat it's it's the post type
2: sleepers right like I mentioned the rookies but you got a lot of post type sleepers you know even further up the board Gabe Davis is someone we really like in sharper leagues. He's flying up the boards, but in casual leagues, you know, I still think people are thinking what he did last year, but he's going to be out there for 90% plus snaps and has this big playability, huge frame. Like he has a ton of upside. So uh, I think the point really is, though, there are so many good upside bets at wide receiver lay. I feel like in previous years, I really wanted more wide receivers earlier by round six, by round seven, have three or four because it's harder to find these upside bets late, but there's so, you know, we didn't mention Traylon Burks, who's the post type sleeper mode. There's just so many guys and in, in a s- smaller bench, you know, home league setting too. some of these guys even going to be on waivers. Like if you're going to be quick to kind of any sign of breakout, pick them up. There's just, again, I think you can just stockpile a handful of these guys and kind of do like anchor, you know, wide receiver, but with, with two guys to start.
0: Yeah. From a bus Perspective for me, it's guys who I think the Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown thing has people out over their skis on a couple of these other rushing quarterbacks and wide receiver combos. Justin Fields is not Jalen Hurts and DJ Moore is not AJ Brown. I think DJ Moore is going too high. And I think everybody would agree. Michael Pittman is nowhere near AJ Brown and Anthony Richardson is nowhere near Jalen Hurts. Michael Pittman's ADP is still in the 70s in home leagues here. Like that's pretty crazy to me, considering how far wide receivers depressed around Michael Pittman. And so I'll let Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields prove it to me first, before I'm investing a lot of capital in DJ Moore and Michael Pittman, Evan, any bus for you at the wide receiver position?
1: Michael Pittman also stands out to me. I mean, this caught, this dude caught 99 passes last year and averaged like nine yards per catch. And, um, he ain't coming anywhere near 99 catches again this year. Um, obviously, we've gone over this a lot, but I, I like DJ Moore better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake London, I mean, <sighs> I really want him to happen, but it's like, how many targets is he going to get? You know, what I mean, everybody thinks that Bijan Robinson is going to get 300 touches. Kyle Pitts is there. I think that I think that Tyler Algier is going to get a lot of carries like eight to 11 carries a game how many targets are, are going to go the way of drake london how accurate are they going to be how catchable and high value are they going to be coming from desmond ritter i just i'm throwing up my hands on on that one yeah uh, yeah
0: yeah I, my thought on drake london is that he's just like a really good player who's showed an ability to command 30 percent right. of the targets and i think that ritter is actually an upgrade on mariota so i'm still okay with Drake London, but I hear you. There's going to be some games where they literally run the ball like 35 times. It's not going to be pretty. Leonie, any busts for you?
2: I think you guys are on it with Pittman. I'm more worried about more than I am London, but another guy I would go to is Amari Cooper, who I feel like just where he's being drafted, just feels like he's being drafted at his ceiling. You know, the 3-4 turn, that's where, you know, again, I'd rather take a shot at like an RB2 with a ton of ceiling, whereas in the past, I might have kept get in wide receiver now with wide receivers being pushed up like that's a shakier range like there's not much difference between amari cooper and mike williams for me you know maybe a bit more safety as far as the team's leading wide receiver but in terms of pure upside you know mike williams two rounds later that's that's way better so that's a guy that i don't think i'll exit any of my home league drafts with
0: yeah before we get out of here i just wanted to make one point people are very hung up on oh uh, but adam this guy's number two wide receiver on his team like i tweeted a team that i had with Jalen Waddell and T Higgins and people are like well that's great but you have the two number two wide receivers you spent a second and third round pick on them we need to think about things I think with a bit more nuance the context around them who else is on the team how often the team throws what percent of the targets we think that these guys can get and so to say guys like Mike Williams Jalen Waddell T Higgins aren't good picks because they're quote-unquote the number two they still have really alpha stuff going on in their profile so I just wanted to put that out there
2: All right. Then Gretchen and I on Establish the Edge talked about the wide receiver one wide receiver two stuff being nonsense because there's these offenses now that you want to invest in that are just clearly superior to other offenses and there's even some data that suggests that these wide receiver twos have it a little bit easier being protected by the wide receiver ones and there's still enough targets to go around so it can be a best of both worlds situations for some of these guys for sure all right we've said it all at the wide receiver position we'll be back
0: next time to wrap up this series with the tight end position. If you guys are enjoying this series, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on YouTube or on Anywhere Podcasts. Our found helps us out a lot and it is free. For Evan, for Bruce Luke, for Leonie, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.